reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting at verse 13. The coming of the Lord. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare that uh, to you by the word from the Lord, that we who, who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede uh, those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one. Let us just pray for the proclamation of God's word. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that came to us. And we pray that we will be strengthened and your word will become applicable in our lives. Bless us, keep us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is risen indeed. Our text verses, verses 13 and 14. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with them those who have fallen asleep. And our topic this morning, we grieve as someone with hope in the risen Jesus. We grieve as someone with hope in the risen Jesus. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, we are celebrating Easter. Our Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection this morning. On Friday, we heard the gospel of the cross when our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. And so the cross preaches that Christ has paid for our sins and his resurrection on the third day preaches that a power of sin is broken. Our Lord Jesus Christ is risen. Before Jesus died on the cross, where he took all our sins upon him, death was at work in all people. Bent was the grave. But then Jesus died, he's risen on the third day, and now we die in him and live in him. In all eternity. But what does this mean? And does death win at the end? If you visit any cemetery, you can't tell much difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. Maybe the occasional cross. And you can't sense something by reading the inscription. But a death lay buried side by side six feet on the ground. 
And they all grouped together, young and old, male and female, rich and poor, famous and infamous, churchgoers and unbelievers. Worldwide, there are approximately 60 million deaths each year. That works out to 4.7 million per month. 150,000 per day. 6,500 per hour. 107 per minute. And two per second. Every second. Two people die in this world. And how vast the difference between unbelievers and believers may be, there's also one big similarity. And this is that all of us will one day stand at the graves of our loved ones. And every one of us has walked a path where we greeted someone special. And one day, our loved ones will stand at our graves as well. And we still share with the world the sadness and tears as our loved ones depart from this world. But there's one big difference between the world of believers and those of unbelievers. Our Lord Jesus Christ is risen. And we grieve as someone with hope in the risen Jesus. But unbelievers don't have that hope. In Ephesians 2 verse 12, the Apostle Paul expressed this hopelessness without God in this world. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. God is not in your life. You are having no hope. And therefore there is grief in this world with God, with hope in our Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection, and then there is grief without hope. What is hope? Hope is an expectation. You plant something in the hope that it will grow. And this is what biblical hope is as well. Biblical hope is not a mere desire for something good to happen. Biblical hope is a confident expectation and a desire for something good in the future. And people can't live without hope. Human beings can survive the loss of almost anything, but not without hope. And therefore, there are all, also two world views. Those who have the living hope of the risen Jesus and those who live in the hopelessness that life ends here, that death is the end of the journey. From them, we hear quotes like Cynthia Hand in an article she wrote about death and suffering. There's death all around us, everywhere we look. People kill themselves every second. We just don't pay attention until we do. Or Jandy Nelson in the sky is everywhere. Her sister passed away. And she said, my sister will die over and over again for the rest of her life. Grief is forever. It doesn't go away. It becomes a part of you, step for step, breath for breath. 
I will never stop grieving Bailey because I will never stop loving her. And that's just how it is. Grieve and love are conjoined and you don't get one without the other. All I can do is love her and love the world, copy her by living with daring and spirit and joy. For them, it ends here. As a pastor, I had the privilege and task to lead many funerals, comfort people through the word of God, and with the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, because this is how we comfort with the risen Jesus. And the heart of the New Testament preaching about hope is the resurrection of Christ. And we confess today that Jesus is risen. Resurrection is the lifeless body restored to life again. The grave that is empty. And this is the center of all hope. And if the Lord wants to comfort you, He comforts you with the risen Jesus. And this is how we comfort the sick, the sad. This is how the Lord comforts for His Holy Spirit. But the hardest funerals were those for who there were no certainty about if they were believers. I still remember the tears of believing parents who lost their son in a motor accident. Their tears because he passed, but also because he was not a believer. And how do you comfort? Only with the gospel. The comfort of the risen Jesus and God's grace that he shown to the sinner on the cross in Luke 23 verse 43. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. But how can we make sense out of death? Only with the risen Jesus. We can have peace with death and hope. Grief is not forever. So there will be two kinds of grief. Those who don't have hope in the risen Jesus and those who die and stand at the grave of their loved ones who belong to Jesus. And those who have hope in the risen Jesus have all hope. And they grieve with someone. As someone with hope in the risen Jesus. And so Jesus conquered death physically. This is what we celebrate this morning. And he said to his disciples in Luke 24, verse 38 to 39, Why are you troubled, and why do doubt arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, this is, that is I myself. Touch and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And Jesus took away all doubt from his disciples. Even the testimony of the angels of the women of Peter and the travelers to Emmaus was not sufficient to reassure them completely. But he arose and reassured them, and Jesus banished all doubts. Jesus made him realize that, he's not a, that, that it wasn't a spirit, but that it is him in spirit and body. But sometimes we ask, what does it mean for me today? And what hope do I have when I'm standing at an open grave of a loved one? What hope do we have for them who passed away? And when will death finally be destroyed? And so the Apostle Paul is answering these questions. 
in 1 Thessalonians 4. Verse 13, he says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do, who have no hope. And so the Thessalonians rightly understood that Jesus would return after he ascended to heaven. But however, they did not consider the possibility that some of their loved ones and friends would die before it would occur. And all sorts of questions went now through their minds and heads. What will happen to our loved ones who die before Christ returns? Will they miss out on the resurrection? What about us who are alive when Christ returns? Will we receive our resurrection or glorified bodies then or later? And so the Apostle Paul wanted to teach them and the church of all times that it's not wrong to grieve over our loved ones who pass away. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself died with the death of his friend Lazarus. But the Lord is in control over death. He's in control over the death of our loved ones that already passed in glory. In John 11, Jesus Jesus comforted Martha with the resurrection, your brother will rise again. And so death is terrible. Death is the last enemy. But if you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life, and that Jesus is risen, then you will live although you died. Therefore Jesus said in John 11 verse 25 to 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. If you believe in the risen Jesus, you have hope. God provides hope in a hopeless world, even with death. And why do we have that hope? And so the Apostle Paul gives the first reason in verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. The inevitable result of believing that Jesus died and rose is the hope that he will return as well. And the verse is also clear that those who have fallen asleep in Jesus will return with him. That's when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. And so the term asleep is a euphemism for death. The word of God never uses the term asleep or sleep with referring to unbelievers, only the passing of believers. And sleep explains what happens to a Christian's body at death, not their spirit or soul. The Bible never teaches that a Christian soul goes to sleep upon death. Soul sleep is a false doctrine that is taught by the Jehovah Witnesses or Seventh-day Adventists. Now, when we die, we will be in heaven with God. Jesus himself assured us in John 14, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I, may, where I am you may be also. Also to 
the criminal on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. And Jesus died on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1, Paul longed to go to heaven, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And therefore, Christian has hope at the grave. Our Lord Jesus Christ is risen. Even in the darkest night, we hope for the morning star to rise. And this is our Lord Jesus Christ, the fact that, is, that He is risen, but also that our Lord Jesus Christ will come again. When a believer dies, his or her spirit goes immediately into the presence of Christ. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 that yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And the moment a Christian dies, that person's spirit leaves the body and is immediately with the Lord. The body, not the soul, sleeps in death. And therefore, the New Testament writers use the term sleep or sleep for believers. If you are a Christian and you believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, you will not taste death for a second. Before the doctor has the opportunity to pronounce you dead, you will be in the Lord's presence. In heaven is home what the Lord Jesus prepared for us in John 14. And therefore... Jesus conquered death completely. God provides hope in a hopeless world, and your grave will be empty. Only your body will be asleep in the same way Jesus' grave was empty. And so Paul and the Holy Spirit go further, and he also answered the questions of the Thessalonians of what will happen to the believers that died and are now in heaven when Jesus returns. Verse 16, we read, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Paul states that those believers who make up the church of Jesus Christ will rise together when Jesus returns. Those who are asleep, those who have died already will meet up with their spirits, while those who are alive when Jesus comes and haven't died this day will arise and be given a new glorified body. And so Paul was comforting the Thessalonians, who had lost loved ones by saying, death is not as final as it seems. Jesus is risen. Your loved ones have not missed out on the coming of the Lord. They will be the first ones to receive their new glorified bodies. And this answered the Thessalonians' concerns and questions. The comfort is that no one who has placed his or her faith in the risen Lord will in any way miss out on his return. God provides all hope in this world. But also those who will be still alive. Those who have not died yet when Jesus returns. For them there's also a comfort. Revelation 19 we read that Jesus will come in a white horse and that the heavenly armies will follow him. 
They will be clothed in white, white fine linen, white and clean, washed in Jesus' blood. But a comfort for those who will be still alive is 17. Teaches that this will be a Christian generation that will not experience this death. They will catch up with those armies of heaven, the believers in heaven. A glorious future awaits us. And it's only because Jesus is risen, what the Lord has done. And it means that you don't have to fear death, brothers and sisters. You don't have to fear diseases and pain, cancer, now or in the future. If you die today, you will be with the Lord. And one day Jesus will return and there will be death no more. Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. What shall we do when we face the grave through sickness? persecution or the sword, we will stand by the grave in hope. We will encourage one another. We will comfort with the risen Jesus. And we will build one another up in the risen Lord. We are God's temple, God's church. And we have the everlasting hope. And we are giving hope in the risen Jesus through God's word. And for proclaiming the gospel in John 11, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. That's the comfort in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will do what our Lord Jesus did. We will die with him and we will live with him by faith in the confession that he is Lord, he is risen. And we will pray for his glorious return. If you are in despair, discouraged by life, you have the hope of the risen Lord now already. Jesus is risen. This is a certain hope. Do not be afraid of anything, not even death. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Romans 8. Believe in Jesus. Jesus is the light in the darkness. Jesus is the resurrection and life. Jesus is my hope, your hope, and Jesus will come again to destroy death, finally. Therefore, we need to pray. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glorious comfort that we don't have to fear death, that we are alive because our Lord Jesus Christ is risen, that we don't have to fear death anymore. Death has no sting anymore. Father, we pray that we will live this message, our Lord Jesus Christ is risen, that we will proclaim this and tell this as a comfort to those who don't have this hope. That they shouldn't be in despair, shouldn't be discouraged, but believe in the risen Lord, our Lord 
Jesus Christ. The only way, the truth, and life. Father, we pray for your church. That you will grow. That you will grow our faith. But also that the gospel will be proclaimed right through this world. Amen.